Tumor Talks, a podcast about clinical cases in oncology, and we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Kathy Marshall, a medical oncologist. I'm Dr. Beatrice Wills, a medical oncologist and hematologist. And I'm Dr. Jonah Amata, an internal medicine resident physician. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tumor Talks. Today, we have Dr. Christine Hahn, who's an associate professor of oncology at Johns Hopkins. And today, we're we're doing a Tumor Talks Basics on small cell lung cancer. Thanks so much for joining us, Christine. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me. This is a, a real pleasure and uh, so glad to be joining you in this forum. Thanks. So can you start out by just telling me about the epidemiology of the disease? Sure. So small cell lung cancer is uh, accounts for about 12 to 15 percent of all lung cancer cases. Um, in the U.S., this is still a considerable number. So if we think about all of lung cancer cases in the U.S., it's about 240,000 diagnoses annually. And so we estimate about 30,000 patients in the U.S. are diagnosed with small cell lung cancer annually. Worldwide, the number is much larger and current estimates are greater than 250,000 cases of small cell worldwide. And how is it usually diagnosed and what are the usual presentations? Yeah, so maybe I can start by talking a little bit about how um, lung cancer screening has evolved, uh, where currently there's a recommendation for annual CTs for patients who are 50 to 80 years old, uh, who currently smoke or quit in the past 15 years and have at least a 20-pack year smoking history. The use of low-dose annual CT scans in, in patients with these characteristics has led to a decrease in mortality for patients with non-small cell lung cancer. Um, and it, while it is true that sometimes patients with small cell lung cancer, small cell lung cancer can be detected using low-dose CT scans, uh, there really hasn't been a mortality benefit. In fact, when patients, even if, even if they're undergoing annual CT scans are diagnosed with small cell, uh, by the time that small cell lung cancer is detected, it, it might already be advanced stage. So most patients with small cell lung cancer, because small cell typically um, is a central tumor near the, the main airways, present with cough, weight loss, um, shortness of breath, um, but not detected through screening. And um, what about the initial workup that you do for somebody suspected of, of having small cell lung cancer? And, and once you establish a diagnosis, then the imaging that you use? Uh, most patients will present with symptoms and we'll start with getting a chest x-ray or CT scan. Once they're found to have a lung mass um, and large lymph nodes in their chest, uh, then either they can, uh, they'll have an additional imaging like a CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis. And um, if a tumor site is easily um, assess accessible by um, bronchoscopic biopsy or CT guided biopsy, that will usually be an early step. In reality, a lot of these this imaging and diagnostic, diagno diagnostic testing occurs in parallel. So for patients with small cell lung cancer, we'd like to see a CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis and a brain MRI to fully stage. For patients who we hope have earlier stage small cell, then we will also recommend a PET CT scan um, and, um, and then as well as the biopsy to confirm the diagnosis, uh, which is confirmed pathologically. So uh, those are some unique features, I think, especially compared to prostate cancer, which I do, including the brain MRI and then the PET CT that's used in, in uh, the initial imaging. Can you talk a little bit about staging of disease? Sure. So in small cell, we actually use two nomenclatures and people use them interchangeably. 
the most like the historic staging was was by the Veterans Administration Lung Study Group or VALSG, um, in which small cell was staged as, as either limited stage or extensive stage. So the real distinction, as with most cancers, is whether the patient has potentially curable disease or localized disease uh, that can be treated with multimodality therapy or more advanced um, metastatic disease. In the VALSG staging system, patients were either diagnosed with having or staged as having limited stage or extensive stage disease. And this was based on the distinctions with whether the patient's tumor sites could be encompassed with an intolerable radiation field. At the time that this staging system was used most often, uh, the choices were really patients um, could receive radiation, if they could receive radiation and combined with chemotherapy or just chemotherapy if, if patients had metastatic disease. More recently, people have really leaned into TNM staging uh, following AJCC 8th edition for lung cancer. So in fact, using TNM staging, um, small cell lung cancer is staged identically to non-small cell lung cancer based on tumor size location, uh, node, node, node location, and uh, whether they have metastases, uh, uh, distant metastases or more local metastases. What are the typical uh, pathology findings that you'd expect to see? Uh, so for small cell lung cancer, actually by WHO guidelines, small cell can be diagnosed by H&E staining alone. This is not typically how it happens, but um, if there's a, 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 a good enough sample from a large core biopsy, um, then H&E staining should be sufficient. Okay. However, pathologists often use um, additional IHC markers and, and immunostains for neural or neuroendocrine markers, which are positive in greater than 70% of cases. Uh, and so some of these are chromogranin and synaptophysin, uh, CD56 is also uh, commonly used as ways to really highlight whether these tumors have neural or neuroendocrine features. The other major distinction from small cell lung cancer to even like other closely related cancers of the lung is a really high KI67 index, um, marking a significant proliferation index. And for our for our pathologists, we use a cutoff of greater than 70% is really indica indicative of small cell lung cancer. Less than that, we our pathologists will consider other closely related um, uh, um, diagnoses. And then what about molecular testing or any other relevant biomarkers that you get and are important in small cell lung cancer? Unfortunately, not yet. So we don't have any molecular tests or biomarkers that are clinically actionable. Um, just historically, small cell has a very high mutation burden. This is a cancer that's um, almost exclusively found in patients with significant smoking history. Uh, and so with this high mutation burden, there has been near, it, it's observed that they have near universal loss of P53 and RB, um, and that can occur through many mechanisms, mutation, loss of heterozygosity. Um, and, but neither of these are actionable alterations, and they really haven't found a biomarker that helps us make um, um, make uh, decisions, uh, clinic, uh, clinical decisions. But um, in the past, a lot of uh, multiple biomarkers have been looked at. Some early studies looking at immunotherapy for small cell lung cancer, especially in the relapse setting, pointed to an association between high tumor mutation burden and responsiveness and benefit uh, from immunotherapy, especially combined PD-1 and CTLA-4 antibodies. Uh, but that has uh, not worn out into uh, predictive biomarkers that we can use on a, on a routine basis. 
Um, another important marker for immunotherapy response is PDL1 expression, which can be used in, in uh, multiple other cancers, and we use often for non-small cell lung cancer treatment decisions. Uh, PDL1 expression also has not been predictive of response to immunotherapy for small cell in a way that we would use that as a decision tree. Who do you refer patients to? It sounds like um, you need at least a multi-modality uh, treatment approach for, for some of the patients. Yeah, if we can, we really like to see small cell patients in our multidisciplinary clinic. Um, and so the thoracic multi-D clinic uh, really is uh, designed to help and, and uh, expedite uh, visits for patients who need at least um, two specialists who treat lung cancer, uh, be it a medical oncologist, radiation oncologist, or surgeon. And ideally, patients are seen in our multi-D clinic because they get a really comprehensive um, uh, presentation on uh, how to think about therapy, how to modify, uh, sm- especially with smoking, um, how to um, with smoking cessation, and to be able to see the team in, in one cohesive uh, day. Um, otherwise, patients should be referred to at least a medical oncologist. Every patient diagnosed with small cell, even with those with the earliest stage small cell, uh, will require uh, chemotherapy or chemotherapy plus immunotherapy um, and either a radiation oncologist or surgeon. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Han. We appreciate you joining us and we look forward to having you back another time uh, to talk more about small cell lung cancer. Thanks, Dr. Marshall. It's been a pleasure. So to recap, small cell lung cancer occurs in 12 to 15% of all lung cancers. Although the screening annual low-dose CT has helped detect lung cancers overall, there is actually no mortality benefit in the screening CT for small cell lung cancers compared to non-small cell lung cancers. Diagnosis thus usually occurs more via imaging, triggered by presenting symptoms such as cough, weight loss, and shortness of breath. Initial workup usually includes chest x-ray and further workup and staging includes CT chest, abdomen, pelvis with brain MRI and or with a PET CT scan in early stage disease to help guide biopsy choices. Staging was initially done via the Veterans Administration Lung Study Group, stratifying patients into limited versus extensive disease. Now, patients are usually staged via the TNM staging system like most solid cancers. Per the WHO standards, small cell lung cancer can usually be diagnosed by HME staining alone. Notably, neural or neuroendocrine IHC markers such as chromogranin, synaptophysin, and CD56 are usually positive in more than 70% of cases. Additionally, non-small cell lung cancer usually has a high proliferation or KS67 index, usually greater than 70% as well. There have not been molecular markers that have significantly guided a clinical decision tree, although PDL1 and CTLA4 have been important markers for immunotherapy. Patients should be ideally referred to a multidisciplinary center, including MADONC, SIRJONC, and RADONC. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Tumor Talks. See you next time. Tumor Talks is an independent podcast that does not represent the institutional views or opinions of our employers, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering, or that of our guests. This podcast is created for medical education and should not be counted as medical advice. A 
special thanks to Primo for recording and composing our background music.